So with that kickoff of, of our prayer campaign, for the month of January, we are going to go through um, a passage of scripture that many of us are pretty uh, familiar with. It depends what tradition you come from, you know, how you, what church background you had. And some of you may not have had a, a church background, but you might have heard someone mention the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we find that in Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. But it's actually not the Lord's Prayer. You want to find the Lord's Prayer, that's in John 17, where Jesus prays what is called the high priestly prayer, and you find him, uh, his words spoken to the Father uh, in, in very uh, great detail. So the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, I would say, is actually the disciples' prayer. It's, it's the, a follower of Jesus and how we're supposed to pray. And we find a lot of great truth to how our prayer life should be. Not repeating a prayer, but actually making that prayer uh, a life of prayer. And the disciples are asking Jesus in, in Luke's gospel, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says this prayer. In Matthew's gospel, we find that Jesus is instructing uh, the disciples about how when, when we're charitable, when we, when we give, that we're not supposed to announce it to everybody, right? Uh, and then he goes into this place, and when you pray, do these things. And that's how I want to start out. When you pray. Because Jesus is saying that we should be praying. And there's different kinds of prayer, have you noticed? I mean, there's a prayer that people pray to win the lottery, Lord, if I win the lottery, I will give, you know, half of it to the church. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If you're, not, if you're not giving to the church before you win the lottery, don't think you're going to give it when you win the lottery, right? Or, or Lord, if, if I win the lottery, I am going to do this. Or, or, Lord, if you get me out of this mess that I'm in, you know, I drank too much and, and, you know, now there's lights behind me. But if you get me out of this mess, I won't ever drink again. That's another prayer. You know, there's all kinds, Lord, if, I, if, I, if you just let me marry this girl in high school, I will just be satisfied for the rest of my life. Right? There's those kinds of prayers. But, but Jesus says, when you pray, he kind of teaches us how we should be praying. And that's where I want for us to go. Because this is where we find truth. Right? This is how we find how Jesus instructs his people. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bible, you can go there. Uh, it'll be on your handout, and uh, it'll be on the screen. Matthew 6, we're going to look at verse 5 through 8. Jesus had just uh, instructed the disciples that when they give, you know, don't, don't announce it so everyone can, can see that they're giving. He said, your father will reward you if you do things in private. And then he says, goes into prayer. He says, when you pray, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Now, 
you have to understand the historical context. What's the context there? Well, there were Pharisees, there were religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, different uh, of the high priestly, uh, 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 you know, part of the, of the Jewish faith. And, and they would pray these elaborate prayers. And so Jesus is really not coming at them, but he's really instructing his people to not put on a front when you pray. So they, they love to pray publicly on streets and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will get, which there is a reward with that. Amen? Any kind of prayer is good prayer. But that's all they're going to get. But when you pray, he's talking to his disciples, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. That's a nugget right there. So it tells me that when I pray alone to God, I can expect a blessing. Amen? When I, when I take the time to spend with my father, there will be a blessing in my life. Verse 7, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. So here's my three points. I'm going to just talk to you real quick. When you pray, be real. Second one, when you pray, be still. And when you pray, it's not, let's make a deal. Let's look at the first takeaway. Be real. Be real. Let's read his instructions again. When you pray, that's a call to prayer, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Now in Jesus' day, in the days of the New Testament, a hypocrite was a person that was an actor. That was the, the Greek word for a hypocrite. It was someone that was in the theater and they would put on an act. And it teaches us something that those people that were acting weren't real. They were putting on a front, but behind that, that act, behind that character, there was somebody else. Here's what this speaks to us, that God doesn't want the fake you. He wants a real you. God doesn't want the religious you. He wants a person who's broken. The person that understands that you can do nothing without him. The person that doesn't need to find the favor of religious people by putting on something that you really are not. See, our prayer life is not a stage, but a relationship that we are establishing with our Heavenly Father. We pray to God, not to people. Let me tell you, that's a temptation. I remember very early in my faith, I would hear these people with elaborate prayers, and I said, I want to pray like them. I would love to pray like them, but here's the thing. God didn't want me to pray like them. God wanted me to pray like me. 
God wanted me to establish this relationship where I pray to him, not to people. And that's a big temptation, especially when people are afraid to pray in front of other people. It's because you're praying to them. Instead of just forming this relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. The focus should be on Him, not us. And when the focus is on Him, right, then we build a relationship with God, which is what you're going to see next week as we go into the next part, how our, our God is wanting a relationship. That's why Jesus said, pray to your Father. That blew everybody out of the water because everyone that prayed, especially the pagans that weren't walking with God, the God of Israel, they prayed to all these entities, but they, it, they were trying to pray these, these prayers to someone that was so distant from them. In fact, before I became born again, I always thought that God was so far away and that I, he was unapproachable unless I performed a certain way. And that's a tendency that people have is to perform instead of letting God reform our lives. See, that's really what God is about. He's about a father in heaven who loves us and wants to establish a relationship with him. And we have that through Jesus. So one of the keys that you should take away is that we need to be honest. Amen? Be honest. One of, one, of the, one of the things that I think is, a, is not, a, not a positive in churches is that in churches, you're always supposed to be doing good. I'll tell you this right now, that a lot of Pastor James is pretty messed up. That's why I need Jesus. A, a lot of us that Living Word Chapel, we're, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're treading along. And we had some difficulties, and we, by the grace of God, we are able to push through. And it's only by his grace. And when we're honest about it, when we're honest, we, we, we don't try to impress people. We don't, we don't, see, our goal should not be, our goal should never be for people to say, I love the way you pray. You pray so beautiful. Because here's the thing, it's like, it's like social media. Have you noticed on social media, everyone presents their best side? Right? It's like you, 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 you see these people when you're actually with them and what they put on social media is contrary to the way they live. We're so happy. I love, I, I, oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble. Online campus, forgive me already. On social media, they put these elaborate things to their husband and their wife on their anniversary. Just go tell them that. Have you seen that? Have you, you know, oh boy, my darling, I love you for these 21 years. It's been amazing for Sean and I, 36 years. And oh, you're so incredible. And blah, blah, blah. And, and did you pick up your socks? That's what's going on behind social media. Come on. That's how prayer is. That's how prayer is. God sees the real you. He, he sees you when you're not at that prayer meeting. He, he sees you when you're not in front of a church audience. He sees you in whatever you're going through. And that's the you that God wants to form a relationship with. We're not a people of performance. We're a people 
that are striving to walk with God through Jesus Christ. And when we do that, great things happen. He knows the real me. He loves the real me better than the me I try to be to impress people. Amen? Think about that. He loves you. Jesus went to the cross for you. Not so that you could impress people, but so that you could be impressed by his love and his grace. So you could walk in his mercy. One of my greatest prayers, I believe, in 2022 was, Lord, be merciful to me. Thank you for your mercy. See, God gives us what we don't deserve. Amen? We deserve his wrath, but he gives us his mercy. You know, when Shauna talked about, you know, when she, when she was kind of broken at the end of this video presentation, it's because, again, that's our highlights. What if we showed a video with all the brokenness? Huh? Think about that. That's what God sees. A, a marriage that barely made it. A marriage that didn't make it. A, a loss of a loved one that just broke you. Those are not our highlights. That's not what we, and, and in fact, even if we do a service, think about it, we do, a, we do a memorial service. How do we do a memorial service? Don't we highlight all the great things? But God sees all the broken things. And, and so Jesus is teaching his disciples, be real. Come, come to your father with, with reality. Come to him with who you are. See, we're in desperate need of God in our, in our individual lives, but we're in desperate need of God in our families, and we're in desperate need of God in our communities, and we're in desperate need of God in our country. We're broken without him. And when we humble ourselves in our brokenness, he heals our individual lives. He heals our families. He heals our communities. And I've got to believe that he has the power to heal our nation. Amen. So what happens with, with uh, instead of us unifying in prayer, and I'm talking about the church. We're, so we're going to do it here as Living Word Chapel, but I, I say we need to unify in prayer with the church, countrywide, nationwide. And, and just cry out to God and say, God, we need you. I believe that we won't have enough room in any, any church because people will just go there because Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. And, and, and he told his disciples, you know, that uh, <clears throat> he told his disciples just how they're supposed to be salt of the earth, how they're supposed to be light of the world, and, and prayer, prayer is, is how we begin to understand that. It's how we begin to really walk in that, 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 that power that brokenness brings. Um, 
And, and, and here's the thing is that, and this is where God wants to guard us and lead us away from. It's easy for people to get religious. And religious people become very judgmental. Very judgmental. In fact, what, what, when this starts to creep into your mind, kick it out. This is what I'm going to say. When you start saying things like, I'm glad you didn't make me like them. Kick it out. And that's what I hear a lot. And that's what tries to creep into my mind. Jesus gave a parable in, in uh, Luke chapter 18. He says this. And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and was praying to this, was praying this to himself. God, I thank you. Notice there's no relationship. God, there's no father, right? God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithe of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He didn't say a sinner. He didn't say, I'm one of them. He said, I am the sinner. It's me, Lord. Deal with me. Be merciful to me. That's the prayer that God is looking for. It, it, he, he goes on. I tell you this. I'll tell you. This man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted by the one that matters. See, I'm not, the, the more that I walk with Jesus, the more that I'm not impressed with people being impressed with me. What I've come to find out is that people are fickle. And, 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 and in 2023, just like in 2022, there are some people that are going to be woohoo, woohoo at the start of the year. At the end of the year, they're going to say, people are people. But God is God. And God is merciful. And God is loving. And he cares about every aspect of our lives. Here's the next thing. When you pray, be still. So be real and be still. Now, being still is vital to us. Because this is very hard. Finding time to be alone with God is not easy. And let me tell you from, from your pastor's perspective, this is one of the most difficult things for me. To just get still. To just spend time with my father. But it's so necessary. The reason that it's hard is because it's so important to our lives and it's so powerful. Priscilla Shriver, the, the, the daughter of Tony Evans, uh, she's wonderful, wonderful communicator of God's word. She said it like this. She said, prayer is the key that un unlocks the door of the resources from heaven. 
Prayer is a key that unlocks the door of the resources from heaven. And the resources from heaven cannot be bought on earth. And when you untap that, when you open up that door, you're going to find the peace of God. You're going to find the patience, the love, the faithfulness, all the things that we cannot acquire in our own ability. So getting still before God is the most important thing that we could ever do. Look at the life of Jesus. Now, Jesus was fully God, 100%, but he was also what? Fully man. He, he came so that he could identify with us. Every morning he got up and he started his morning with prayer. The disciples, as they grew, as they grew, not, not at, at the beginning, the, the disciples would get really tired and sleep while Jesus was praying. And how many of you have done that? Let me, let me put two hands and a foot up because there's sometimes the Lord calls me to pray and can I tell you I'm, I'm praying but then I go, right? The, the, the spirit is willing but the flesh is, is weak. And, and so Jesus says, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Private prayer is vital because private prayer forms discipline. And every follower of Jesus is a disciple. And so discipline is a part of our lives. And discipline is never easy. You know, the, the, the context right here is prayer and giving. Well, think about it. He talks about giving. Is giving ever easy? No. Prayer is never easy either. When you really spend time with the Lord and you begin to take time away from your, your busy schedule, it's never easy, but it's so important and so vital. It changes our life. In fact, getting quiet with God is healthy for you spiritually, it's healthy for you emotionally, and it's healthy for you mentally. And, and let me tell you, you got to fight the temptations when you get quiet with God. See, some of you guys have to fight the temptation of sleeping during a church service. <laughs> not, even, not even getting quiet with the Lord in prayer. So prayer is going to be even doubly more difficult. It's going to be, so you got to fight that temptation. Don't quit praying because you fall asleep. Fight through it and say, Lord, I, I, I only slept 30 minutes this time when I went to pray with you instead of 45 right? You, you also have to fight the temptation of what? Of your, getting, of your mind getting distracted. How many of you have been praying before quietly and your mind is all over the place? I mean, you're praying, but you've got your shopping list. You've got to go to Home Depot. You've got to do this. You've got, you got to go to the Kearney campus and you're praying and you're, you're like, oh, oh, get back on track. And you know, this is, it's difficult. You don't stop praying. You press through it. How about this? Anyone ever been praying Anyone ever been praying and you, you, you get these bad thoughts in your mind? Oh, that's not first service. That's, that's the other service. No, there's an enemy that comes and he throws fiery darts and you're praying and you're like, where did that come from? Lord, please forgive me. For but maybe the Lord wants you to deal with those thoughts. Maybe, maybe the Lord wants, wants for you to have to bring those thoughts before him and say, Father, what, these thoughts right here... That's not who I am. See, there's times when I'm having these thoughts that I say, I'll say out loud. I'll say, that's not who I am. I'll also say, Holy Spirit, fill me. 
Fill my mind, fill my heart. Because that's not who I am. Because let me tell you something, those thoughts that come, right? Whether they be, you know, sexual thoughts or whether they be, and I know that you guys would never have a thought like that, right? Everybody struggles with these kinds of things. You have to identify them and push through them. Amen? Here's what the, the writer of Lamentation said. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man or a woman to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him or her sit alone in silence for the Lord has laid it on him. The Lord has laid it on her. See, this is the year for some of you to spend time with the Lord quietly. Some alone time. Find the place where you can do it. And there will be all kinds of distractions that will try to come. There will be all kinds of things that will try to, try to creep in. But do not stop. Deal with those things. Bring it to the Lord. Lord, I get real tired, Father. I, I get real tired when I, when I want to spend time with you. I, I, why is that? You know, that's, that's where I get to at times. Lord, why, why, am I, why am I dealing with this? Why am I... Speak to me. Terry talked about a part of this is listening. And let me tell you what I trust more than anything. Not my subjective thoughts. I have subjective thoughts and I'll say, I believe the Lord said this to me. But I'll tell you this. What I trust more than anything is this. That's why I read before I pray. Because I'd rather hear from God before I ever talk to God. He knows what I need already. Amen? I need to hear his word and I need to Find it and, and, and let that be my anchor. So this is important to, to everyone in here. If you're not in the word of God, then you're not knowing what the truth of God is. And then you hear people say things like this. Well, I think that God said this to me. Well, you shouldn't think that God said that to you. You should know it. And the only way that you know it is through his word. His word doesn't change. And there are times that we want to understand his word more clearly. And so, so there are times that Pastor James says, Lord, I need clarity. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough passage right there. That's a tough scripture. Uh, Lord, help me to understand it. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our counselor. He wants to develop you. He wants you to make you more like Jesus. And so we, we, we continue to do that, that, you know, that we need to pray now. So you're saying, Pastor, so when we pray, should we just pray by ourselves? No. We have to look at the whole of Scripture. In the New Testament, there are many times where people came together to pray, but that doesn't eliminate that you don't pray by yourself. Are you with me? Because it's, it's a lot easier. Once you start praying with other people, it's a lot easier praying with people. My wife and I, Shauna and I, we have prayer you know, just about every morning. It's easy to pray with Shauna because we can just add to those prayers and we can pray together. It, makes, it, it just becomes easy to do. It's a lot more difficult doing it by yourself. It's a lot difficult developing a, a, a life of relationship with God because you, you go away from, Lord, just my family, my family, my needs, me, me, me. When you develop a relationship with God, you begin to actually say, Lord, I want to submit myself to your will. Whatever you have for me, Lord God, let me, let me see your plan in it. Are you with me? Lord, let me love my neighbor. Lord, that person that treated me with contempt, Lord God, bless them. 
See, that's developing a, a, a prayer life where you go beyond your, your you, your me, your family. How many of you know it's easy to pray for our families? Anyone in here ever pray for their families? Any of you ever stop praying for your families? <laughs> Someone said, yeah, I stopped praying like last week. <laughs> They're on their own. Well, here, here's, what, here's what Jesus told his disciples, right? He said this. In, uh, in Acts chapter 1, before he ascends to, to, to heaven, it says, then they returned to Jerusalem. He had just spoken to them. From the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room while they were, where they were staying. Peter, because Jesus had instructed them, go and wait for the promise. Go wait for the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, where, where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. See, there's, 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 there's more than one. Now, now look what it says. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with all the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Now, this helps me to understand that, number one, Jesus had a mom. Her name was Mary. Jesus also had what? Brothers. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. The word of truth. Now, you may hear in different traditions, well, Jesus didn't have any brothers. Well, yes, he did. The Bible tells us so. Amen? So who do you believe? The Bible, the word of God, even if I say something that's contradictory to the word of God, you believe the word of God. This is why we do 21 days of prayer. To seek the Lord with one accord. To unite in what matters to him. Let me tell you something, beloved. The children in our communities, they matter to God. Jesus said, do not forsake or, or, or prohibit the children from coming to me. I want every child to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. That's what the R1K is all about. And it's more than just your family. Some of you guys, and I have to be real careful because you may not come back. I'll start 2023 with people mad at me. Some of you pour into your families, and, you, and that's wonderful. But what about other people? The heart of God is for us to go beyond our families to our communities and to make a difference for the glory of God because let me tell you, your reward with your family is going to be your family, but your reward with other people is going to be the glory of God. Be for him. What does supplication mean? Prayers and supplication. Supplication means detailed prayers. So we pray for our families and then we pray for that one person in our family that's really struggling. Why, why do we have a prayer focus? Think with me. Why do we have a prayer? We could just say, Lord, we pray for everybody in, in, in our communities and just go home. That's vague. We could. Very easily. We could pray for, for just one person. I mean, uh, the whole community. But when we say, Lord, we pray for our communities, but we especially pray for the, for the high school, Lord. Especially for, for, for the, the principal, especially for the educators, Lord God. And we pray for that one family that may be struggling. See, we're detailing our prayers. We have a prayer focus. That's what supplication is, okay? Now, last thing. 
when you pray, it's not let's make a deal. Because people are notorious to want to deal with God. We try to bargain with God. Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I will do this. And that's not a reality. That's why Jesus says, do not swear. Do not swear to anyone because he knows you won't keep it. When we we say, you know, Lord, get me out of this mess, I will do this. Think with me. How are we finite people going to bargain with someone that is omniscient? Are you with me? He knows everything. This is what Jesus said. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. That's the omnisciency of God. Okay, that means he knows everything. Now, I was raised, I was, okay, let me, let me back up. This is some important things. So the pagan, the pagan religions offered prayer through chants and repetitious prayers. In fact, you go around to, to, to pagan religions around the world and they'll have these prayers that they'll pray. And a lot of them will pray beads. They'll pray beads. And, and, and they'll pray one prayer, one prayer, one prayer, repetitious prayers. I got to be careful. But what does the truth of God's word say? I was raised in a tradition, in a, in a religious tradition, where they would say when you, when you went and you met with a pastor, that they would say, pray these so many prayers to pay penance. And you would, they, 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 they took this, they took this beautiful prayer that's called the Our Father. And they say, if you pray this seven times, then you're going to be okay. But that's not what God wants. That's not the truth of God's word. That's not what Jesus said. Repetitious prayers aren't going to save you. Repetitious prayers just become a ritual. God wants relational prayers where you begin to pray to your Father in heaven where you're at with what you're dealing with and all these things. And and it's not a God who's far away, but it's a God who's near. It's a God that loves us. It's a God that wants to, 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 for us to walk in truth. And, and that's what I want you to say. Uh, what, that's what I want you guys to understand. And, and another takeaway for you is, is when, when, when you hear people teach things, they have to be aligned with the truth of God's word. It's so tempting for us to fall into the trap of religiosity. And praying prayers and falling into tradition. Instead of allowing the God of relationships to come to us. And we go to him. And for us to bask in his presence. My grandchildren, my, my children have taught me a lot. But my grandchildren keep teaching me. And, and one of the things that my, that my grandchildren have taught me is how important presence is. They love being around us. I need that in my life. 
because there are some people that don't. <laughs> and so my, my grandkids, Cassie's kids especially, but all of them, they love sleeping with their grandma. So they kick me out. Grandpa, you go, you make a lot of noise when you sleep. I don't know what they're talking. I never hear myself. But they say that there's some noise that comes out of my mouth when I'm, you know, I don't know. Call it snoring or something like that. So they boot me out, right? But something happened this, this trip to Las Cruces that I'll never forget. Both my grandkids, my granddaughter and my grandson, they, they tell my wife they love her. Man, they love her to pieces. They say, Grandma, before we left, Grandma, will you do me a favor? And they've got these little pillows that they snuggle with. I shouldn't even say this because they're getting older. So if you're watching online, guys, Grandpa loves you. <laughs> but they said, Grandma, do, 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 me, do us a favor, and, and uh, can you spray your perfume on our pillows? Oh. Do you know why? Because the presence of my wife is a comfort to them. That's what God desires for us. Do we smell the presence of God in our lives? Do we feel his warmth embrace? You, you won't ever have that until you spend time with God. It, it will be so foreign to you. It, uh, we could talk about prayer, and some people will say, man, that was an amazing prayer. And people that have never prayed, you're like, Really? I never feel that. That's because you don't push past the difficulty. Are you with me? Because once you start spending time with God, you'll know that he's real. And, and Jesus said this. He said, you can ask anything in my name. That's prayer. And I will do it. So that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So, so after every prayer, if you look at your prayer uh, journals, the, the 21 days, it, if, after every prayer, it says, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so then people get this skewed, and they begin to say, well, we can ask for anything, Lord. I, 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 you said I, w I can win the lottery in Jesus' name. But how many of us parents in here give our kids something that's going to destroy them? None of us do. So, so you, have to look at the, you have to look at the whole of Scripture. And, and you've got to find out that, that, that God has a will and his will is perfect. And he's sovereign. How many of you know that God is sovereign? That means it's his way. In our lives. And, and, and sometimes we want things our way, but our way is not the best way. In fact, what I've come to find out is when I get my way all the time, I, I mess things up. I need checks and balances. I, I need the people in my life that say, woohoo, that's wonderful. But I need the people in my life that say, man, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> checks and balances. And God is about checks and balances. So in, in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says this. It's, and it's beautiful. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. 
that if we ask anything according to, <clears throat> what does it say? His will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And here's what I couldn't find out in my 30 years of walking with Jesus is that I don't always get what I want. And what I've come to find out and what I've come to conclude and say is thank you, Lord, for that. Because I want his will, not my will. You see, Jesus in his 100% humanity said, Lord, Father, if this cup of suffering can be taken from me. And he said, no, not my will, but your will be done. And as he submitted himself to the Father's will, I'm a benefactor of that. I'm saved because Jesus submitted himself to the Father's will. Hear me now, beloved. See, your will, most of us in here, is for your family to be all really peachy king, for them to be this beautiful, beautiful Facebook post. But God's will is for you to be real. For you to say, we need you, Lord, and without you, we're lost. And to pour that into your family and beyond. Because here's the thing, beloved, hear, hear me now. The more you pour Jesus into your kids and grandkids, the more they pour Jesus into their friends and their family. And the more that they reach people, the more that will be in heaven with us. So it's not our will, but it's his will. So as we close the service and we continue in these 21 days of prayer, I believe that God is going to hear us and he's going to move in a way that only God can move. Today, it's truth. Tomorrow, it'll be the focus that we have. So I'm going to end the service by leading us in a prayer. Now, if you have not said yes to Jesus, and this includes our online campus, I would love for you to receive Jesus as your Savior because without Jesus, you have no truth. Without Jesus, there's no power in our prayers. Right? But when you have Jesus, great things happen. So it's a simple prayer. God, thank you for speaking to me today. God, you, you, you know how I've lived my life independently of you. Today, I... I turn from that. I turn from my ways to your ways. I turn from my idea of truth to your ultimate objective truth. And I admit that I'm a sinner, a broken person without you. Today I put my faith in Jesus. I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. I believe that he went to the cross and died for all of my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord 
today. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, do me a big favor. On that orange card, just put, I said yes to Jesus. Now, if you're here today, maybe you've wandered away from the things of God. As we start 2023, it's time to come back. In fact, you're here for that reason. Put down, I'm recommitting my life to Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it's going to be a great year because God is great.